146 now. Psalm 146. The title of this is Praise Ye the Lord. Praise Ye the Lord. I sent the title as from verse 5, Happy, Happiness, Help, and Hope in the Lord. And that's certainly reason to praise Him. But this psalm begins and ends with praise ye the Lord, as do all the psalms till the end of the psalm. Every one of these psalms began and end with praise ye the Lord. And I thought, so should every day that we live. It should begin and end with praise ye the Lord, shouldn't it? Praise. Praise means honor, glorify. Praise means give thanks. Praise means to worship. Praise means to call, to sing unto the Lord. We've got great reason to praise the Lord, don't we? From the beginning of the day, His mercies are new every morning. Throughout the day, to the end of the day, His mercy endureth forever. And it starts all over again the next day. And if He gives you sleep, <laughs> you old people, He giveth His beloved sleep, and that's a blessing in itself, and to be free from the worries of this world. Psalm 145, verse uh, 3, says this, God is great as the Lord and greatly to be praised. Greatly to be praised. We have great reasons to praise the Lord, don't we? Innumerable reasons. Innumerable reasons. No reason, no reason to complain. We have nothing to complain about and everything to praise Him for. I was looking for that. Remember me bringing up no complaining in our streets? If I just look down, it's right here on this page. <laughs> Psalm 144, verse 14. Look at it. Verse 14. I preached on this, and even the preacher forgets where it is. But it says, he's praying that our children, verse 12, our sons and daughters grow up, be like stones polished, our garners full, and all of this spiritually speaking. But verse 14, the last line says, no complaining in our streets. That there be no complaining in our street. If if we would consider all the blessings, or just some of the blessings the Lord has blessed us with, there'd be no room for complaining with it. No murmuring, no complaining. We have great reason to, to praise the Lord. It's the reason why we're here. You know, you know, we need no other reason for coming here than to just thank Him. And He set aside place and brought people together for that very reason, to give thanks to the Lord. Uh, you, you remember Psalm 65, verse 1, praise waiteth for thee in Zion. That's why we're here. We come here to, to, to wait on the Lord, a word from the Lord, and to, to sing these praises. I hope you can't wait to sing these hymns. Maybe you can wait. Maybe you're not looking forward to playing them. Or lead them, but don't you enjoy singing these these hymns? If the Lord has blessed you, I'm telling you. Look at verse one. Praise ye the Lord. Praise ye. Who's he talking to? Ye. It's you. Praise ye the Lord. Do you? Do ye? Do you have reason to praise the Lord? Each of you. Ask yourself this. 
Let us ask ourselves, do I have good reason to praise the Lord? Oh, my. Do I have anything to complain about? Oh, my. I was sitting there today studying. Warm study. Uh, hot cup of tea. Looking out the blue sky. Men like Kelly out there training horses and in the dust and the dirt. And I'm sitting there in all comfort. I'm the most blessed man on earth. Got good health. Just people that love me. And more than all that, that Lord's gospel. So blessed. We're so blessed. And this is a command, though. It's not a suggestion. The kings don't give suggestions. Kings don't give requests. Kings give commands. No. David commands us, but it's the Lord. This is the Lord's word. He commands it. Over and over again. Praise ye the Lord. Over and over again. You. Talking to you. The Lord said, you praise me. To whom much is forgiven, praise much more, love much. To whom much is given, how much mercy has he shown you? How much grace has he shown you? Everything we are. That's what Ron prayed in his prayer, didn't he, man? Everything we are. By the grace of God, I am what I am. I have what I have. I know what I know. I'm not what I'm. Not an unbeliever. I grabbed one. I was, but not now. By the grace of God, I have what I have, know what I know. It's all by His grace that's in Christ. To whom much is given, much praise should be given. Right? The King. Much praise. The one who's shown the most mercy and grace. We all argue about who's the chief of sinners, don't we? Somebody once said there's only going to be one argument in glory. It's about who's the chief of sinners. Not who deserves the chief seat, but the last. We all feel like we're the chief of sinners. We all feel like the thief on the cross. We all feel like Mary Magdalene, don't we? Huh? Well, we all ought to be singing the last. Every one of us ought to be singing at the top of our lungs. Praise you, Lord. He says in verse 1, Praise the Lord, O my soul. He's talking to himself here. Praise the Lord. Let each of us say in our hearts, Praise the Lord, O my soul. Bless the Lord. My favorite song. Psalm 103. Bless the Lord, O my soul, and all that is within me. Bless His holy name. Bless the Lord. So David says with all his heart, verse 2, While I live, will I praise the Lord. I will sing praises unto my God while I have any being. That's not boasting, that's not bragging, that's just a grateful heart out of the abundance of the heart and the mouth speaketh in it. He says, while I live, will I praise the Lord. You know, you've got to have life to praise the Lord. I mean spiritual life. He that hath the Son hath life, and he that hath this life praises the Lord for everything. Takes no praise to himself. Gives no glory to himself. Gives no glory to man. He knows he's not born of the will of the flesh, the will of man, of blood, but of God. And he gives God all the glory. He knows it's not his righteousness, not our will, our works, it's our, not our anything, but it's the Lord Jesus Christ. Gives him all the praise. You've got to be alive spiritually to know that. You've got to be alive spiritually to give him the praise that's due his name. I mean praise for everything. Salvations of the Lord, 100% from start to finish. It's His will, it's His work. 
It's here. It has nothing to do with you. You have nothing to do with it. Praise ye the Lord. Is that who saved you and how he saved you? And you praise the Lord. Oh, my soul. While I live. While I live. Hallelujah is what this is. Praise the Lord. That's what that is. Hallelujah. That's heart language. Isn't it? You hear that word often. And I hate it. I hate how people throw that around. Hallelujah. Well, hallelujah. Don't you do that. Do not say that unless you mean it. Unless you're saying it to him and giving him all the glory. Don't say that never. Or you're taking his name in vain. That song, you know, became popular. It's a pretty hymn. It's a pretty, pretty tune. Hallelujah. Remember? It became very popular. Everybody and his brother and sister were singing it. People that had no thoughts of God were singing it. And it made me sick. This noise in God's ear. For somebody to sing that doesn't mean it. Our Lord said, Well, doth Isaiah the prophet say of this generation, they draw near to me with their lips when their heart is far from praising me. Don't say hallelujah unless you mean it. Hallelujah. Praise Jehovah. That's what that is. Well, this is a resolution of sorts, isn't it? While I live, I will I praise the Lord. I'll sing praises unto my God while I have any being. Resolutions usually are vain. I'm going to lose weight or I'm going to quit this or I'm going to quit that. They're usually vain and they usually last about 24 hours. <laughs> Certainly New Year's resolution do. But this is a good and a godly resolve, isn't it? While I live, I'm going to praise Him. I'm going to sing. You know, we looked at this when the Lord first sent that plague in 2020, didn't we? You remember that? When we were told we should not gather. We were told we should not meet. We were told we should shut our mouths and not sing. The Lord seemed to tell us on every page that we turn, you sing. <laughs> Let the world stop their mouths. You sing. And we did, didn't we? By God's grace, we did, didn't we? And on every page of Scripture, it seems, the Lord tells us to sing. We need to sing if we're well. We need to sing if we're sick. <laughs> we need to sing when He takes away the sickness. We need to sing when He... We don't have the virus. We need to sing when we do. It won't do you harm. It'll do you good. It's health. It's health. Listen, listen to these scriptures. Okay? It's a command. Dare not stop doing what the Lord commands us to do. Speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs. Singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. Giving thanks always for all things. Well, I, I got the virus. Thank you, Lord. That's a real opportunity to tell men, God did this. Nobody gave it to me but God. Now, who believes that? All of God's people. They're the only ones that do when Job, everything happened to Job, he didn't say it was the Chaldeans, he didn't say it was the Sabaeans, he didn't say it was the wind, he said it was God that did it. Blessed be the name of the Lord. He praised the Lord. Even though the Lord wiped out everything he had, killed all of his family, and struck him with sickness when he was lying in the dust and ashes. He said, bless the Lord. 
though he slay me, I'll trust him. Now that is faith. And that honors God, doesn't it? What did God do? Huh? What did God do through all that? He brought him through it. What happened at the end of it is better than the beginning. God's good. Sing if you're well, sing if you're sick, sing when you're well again, sing it's not harmful, it's helpful, it's health, sing of his mercy, it's medicine, it's myrrh to your soul. <laughs> I was going to show you several, I had, I had ten verses about singing. You can't read this. The Psalms are song. How can you deal with the song and not sing it? <laughs> John, would you tell me that? This next verse is very fitting. Look at it, verse 3. Put not your trust in princes. Don't put your trust in rulers. Boy, that sure is needful right now, isn't it? Mm, always has been. You know how many bad rulers that Israel suffered under? I was just reading today, back through 1 Kings, 2 Kings, some of these some bad men. It's because of idolatry. It's because of false religion covered the land, like ours. Oh, put not your trust in princes, the leaders, the rulers. Now, who said this? David. He's a ruler. David's king. He's a godly man. He says, don't put your trust in me. Isn't it? He said, my help cometh from the Lord. I'm tr- I looked up the word trust, and, and it's, I think it's 50 times throughout the song, 50 or 70, something like that. Every time but three or four, it talks about trusting the Lord, trusting the Lord, trusting the Lord. Throughout the song, Isaiah, Jeremiah, all these, every mention of trust tells us to trust the Lord. The other mentions are some trust in riches, some trust in chariots. Don't trust in Pharaoh. Don't trust this. Don't trust that. And every other mention says, trust the Lord. Trust the Lord. Put not your trust in rulers. Verse 3, in the son of man. What's that mean? Any son of Adam. Man means Adam. Not in any man. As said, David was prince, a king, and a ruler, and a good one at that, but he said, don't trust me, I'm just a man, liable to fall, and he did, didn't he? Again. He said in verse 3, there's no help, in him there is no help, how much help? No help. Was there anybody we can trust? Yeah, the Lord. But here's the thing. And I wrestled with this all day long today. Can we trust God's people? Now, we can't, you can't live in a state of distrust and suspicion, can you? We put a certain amount of trust in people and things. You get in your automobile. You're trusting General Motors a little bit, aren't you? Uh, you put your kids in school. You know what all goes on out there today? 
But in reality, we're not trusting in a vehicle or trusting in the police department or trusting anything or anyone, but we're trusting in the Lord. You come here to sit and listen to me and there's a certain amount of trust. I wouldn't listen to a man you didn't trust. But how do you know you can trust me? You want to put me to the test by this. You're trusting that the Lord is going to enable me to preach the truth. You're not trusting me. You're trusting the Lord, you see. And then many good men fail and fall. And David took 400 men down to Ziklag to, 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 to the Philistines, to live with the Philistines. He had no business going there. Here's the thing. Here's the thing. If we trust anything implicitly and go around telling people about it and and preaching it and advocating it, you need to do this, you need to do that, God will try you on that. If you're a believer, God will try you on that. He'll bring that down. He'll show you. Don't trust anything. God might use means, he might not. If you're trusting the means or the medicine or whatever it is, God will test you on that. Yes, he will do. God's people. He'll send strong delusions to unbelievers. See? This works. See? He wasn't that means. It's the Lord. Do you hear me? I didn't say that. He said, I kill, I make a life. I, what? If you get sick, where'd you get it? God says, I won't. If you get well, what did it? You know what? He might use a means, he might not. Don't despise the means, but don't trust them. Okay. It's the Lord. Trust in the Lord. There's a man named Ahaz, no. One of the kings sought doctors and not the Lord. It doesn't mean you don't go to doctors. But he just trusted in doctors and never sought the Lord, never asked, called on the Lord. And the Lord killed him. Put a, gave him a disease in his feet that he never recovered from. If you trust people, if you trust people too much, the Lord's going to bring them down in front of you. Put not, does he mean that when he says don't put? And trust, by trust he means all your hope, all your confidence, your salvation, the salvation of your children, the salvation of your soul, your well-being, your safety. Don't trust anybody or anything. They're not protecting you. God is. They're not going to save you. I put put a seatbelt on, I'll get my car. No, I trust in seatbelt. No, I just don't want to get a ticket. <laughs> For 6,000 years, there were no seatbelts. <laughs> seatbelts don't save lives. God does. Get that through our heads. Quit trusting things. See? That's so dishonoring For a believer. Put not your trust. Nor any man. There's no 
help. Say, I come to you for help. You know what I'm going to do? You know what I'm going to do if you come to me for help? I'm going to say, help. Give me a word to help them because I can't help them. I can't do one thing. I can't help myself. (laughs) That's what David said. You've read the Psalms. He's crying out of the Lord. Well, this is the man everybody's following. Good man to follow him. Just take you where your help is. Did I lift up mine eyes to the hill from whence cometh my help? Where's your help come from, David? The Lord. It talks about man, his frailty, verse 4, his breath goeth forth. He returns to his earth. And that very day his thoughts perish, his breath goeth forth. You know, it was God that first breathed into man and he became a living soul. Remember that? Where does man get his breath? How does man get his life? God gives it. The first man and the last man. Anybody lives, God breathes into them. When do they die? Listen. Psalm 104, verse 29. You hide your face, they're troubled. You take away their breath. And that ventilator's keeping him alive. No, it's not. No, it's not. God is. God is. Put not your trust. So, go back to our text now. It says in verse 4, His breath goeth forth. God takes it. He returns to His earth. You know, we, we all... We, I had a few acres, and some of you had several acres, and you know what? None of us have anything. <laughs> Our lot, at the end of this life, is six feet in the ground. That's our earth. That's our dirt. That's what we came from, and that's where we're going back. That's where we're going back. The average height of a man today, I guess, is about six feet tall. Well, isn't that, isn't that something? i got a six-foot hole in the ground waiting. That's it. Dust you are, dust you return. And that day, verse 4, his very thoughts perish. doesn't matter what anybody thinks. It doesn't matter what the wisest man on earth said. It'll be forgotten. Nobody will bring it up. What, what did Einstein, give me a quote by Einstein, somebody, anybody. Come on, quick. Who was the 12th president of the United States? Mike, you're smart. Who was it? Come on, quick. Most powerful man on the earth. You don't even know. Did it matter? Who's reigning in earth and heaven? Somebody tell me. That's what matters. It's not matter. It doesn't matter who's in power in Washington. <laughs> I don't want my children or your children to be under a bad man. And we pray, Lord, whoever it is, restrain him. But whoever it is, it's the Lord. Trust the Lord. Good man, bad man. We trust the Lord. So, verse 5, here it is. Now, listen to all this. Now, the rest of this is just marvelous. <laughs> you want happiness? Here it is. 
You need help? You need hope? Right here it is. Happy is he that hath the God of Jacob for his help. Whose hope is in the Lord his God. Happy is he that hath the God of Jacob for his help. What does that mean? The God of Jacob. Have you read the story of Jacob? Who is Jacob? He's a sinner through and through. Sinner. Well, what's the story of Jacob? God chose him. God loved him. Jacob didn't choose God. Mm -mm. Jacob didn't first love God. He ended up loving God because God first loved him. God said, Jacob have I loved. What does that mean? Whoever God loves, he saves. Whoever God loves, he loves forever. God doesn't love everybody. But whoever God loves, he loves forever. Love never faileth. Love saveth. Love is effectual. God's love is forever. And whoever God sets his love on, he saves. He loves forever. Oh, happy is he that hath the God of Jacob for their help. Just a sinner, saved by grace, chosen. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, according as he hath chosen us in Christ before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before him, but having predestinated us unto the adoption of children. <laughs> by Jesus Christ. Go, go on, John. We'll preach to one another. Blessed. This is happiness. Happiness. Blessedness. Happy is the people whose God is Jehovah, God of covenant mercy. Covenant-keeping God. He didn't make it with you. He didn't make a covenant with you. God the Father made a covenant with His Son, with the Holy Spirit. You and I weren't around. Oh, happy is He that hath the God that made a covenant concerning them before they were born. Purpose determined to save them before they were born, before they'd done any good or evil. Like Spurgeon said, I know he had to... to had to choose me before I was born because if he had waited until afterwards, he never would have chosen me then. Good or bad, he chose that we might be holy, make us holy, give us to Christ, send Christ to die for. Oh, happy, blessed is he that hath the God of Jacob for his help, constant help, present help, whose hope is in the Lord his God. We sang that hymn, didn't we? Did you mean it? My hope is built, say it with me, on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness. You believe that? You all be happy. Because <laughs> that's a good hope. That's a good hope. It's your hope through Christ. Our hope is within the veil in Christ, His blood, His righteousness. Verse 6, he's the God who made the heaven, the earth, the sea, and all that therein is. He's the God who made everything, made heaven, made everything, ruler over all, gives us all, promises us all, does, it, does all for us. God over all, forever blessed. Our God is God. Our God is the living and true God. Our God's not trying to be God. Our God's not running for election. He does the electing. Our God's not hoping we choose Him. We need to hope He chose us. Our God is in the heaven. You know what He does? 
whatsoever he pleases. <laughs> that did he in heaven and earth and all places. That's what the scripture said. It said that to David. Here's our God. He does what we let him. He does what we let him. What about your God? He says, he does, I do what he lets me do. My enemies do what he lets them do. That's why I pray to God about my enemies. I don't trust me or the armies of Israel to protect me from my enemy. I call on the Lord. That's what you did, didn't you, John? My salvation. You know, David, when you were reading that, he said, though a host should encamp against me. They did. Brother Kelly, all the time. Brother Stephen, all the time. Everybody around Israel wanted David one little man in one little state, the whole world was after him. They couldn't touch him. Why? David said, the Lord has hedged me about. Though a host should encamp against me, I'll trust him. He's my rock. He's my fortress. He's my high tower. He's my refuge. Thou only makest me to dwell in safety. David knew that better than anybody that ever lived because everybody wanted him dead. The only one who knew it better was Jesus Christ. He said, no man taketh my life from me. Who killed him then? God did. That's it. Happiest man. He knows these things. Made the heavens, the earth, the sea, and all that's in it, and reigns and rules over it all, which keepeth the truth. Don't you love this? Verse 6, he keepeth the truth. Uh, notice down through here, and I've got to hurry. This always happens. Notice how these, these everything he says is in the present tense. You notice that? Are you, with, you still with me? It, it says he, he keepeth he executeth, he giveth, he looseth, he uh, preserveth. It's ongoing, it's continual. It never stops. It never fails. See that? He keepeth the truth forever. We need the truth. There's never been a time where more liars and more lies been told in our generation. Everybody believes everybody about everything. I don't. And don't you. Let me tell you who to believe. The Lord. He can't lie. He's truth. Christ is truth. Trust Him. Trust Him. He keeps that truth. He keeps the gospel for us. We will never, He will never take this gospel from us. <laughs> Thank God. We need it now more than ever. Verse 7, He executes judgment for the oppressed. That is, He deals well. He deals with God's people well, no matter if they're oppressed there's no justice. If you're looking for justice, this is not a land where justice is served. It is not. It is not. Is it? it is not. You're not going to find justice anywhere with any man because man, there's not a just man on the earth that doeth good. Not. But I tell you, that's why we need to know who's running this earth. God is. And he's just. And his judgments and his dealings are right. Whatever he does is right. Well, it's wrongly accused. It's going to turn out all right.
because God did it. Hence, listen, the greatest example of that, Calvary. Man meant it for evil, and everything done against him was wrong. But God meant it for right and righteousness. Oh, how he judges right. For the oppressed, he giveth food to the hungry. Oh, blessed are they the hunger and thirst. He'll, he'll fill you up. The Lord looseth the prisoners. Hmm. You know, when Christ hung on that cross, he, he crushed the serpent's head. He took captivity captive and he loosed the prisoners and uh, loosed us from the law and when we hear the gospel the truth makes us free and but we still often feel like we're bound don't we? bound by sin this body of death we carry around bound by unbelief well he keeps loosening you come here, you want to know how to be loosed again and again? Keep coming to hear the gospel. You feel like your chain is falling off all over again. Read on. The Lord, verse 8, openeth the eyes of the blind. Oh, we ought to live by faith. We ought to walk by faith, shouldn't we? But oh, too often we, we look around us. And it blinds our eyes and blinds our minds to the truth. That's why I keep telling you, turn it off. <laughs> Don't look at it. Don't listen to what they say. But sometimes I do. Seriously. There's a serious national security threat coming from Russia right now. You need to go hide in a cave. I'm telling you. Brothers and sisters, we are in a cleft of the rock. We are. Don't listen to them. All right? He opened the eyes of the blind. Lord, remember that servant of Elijah? He went out there and looked. The hills are full of people that are going to kill us all. Germs there, it's going to kill us all. We're all going to die. Lord, open his, open his eyes. Show him that they that are with us are more than they that be against us. And he went out again. He looked, and the hills were full of chariots of fire, angels, all surrounding one man. <laughs> Lord, open our eyes. Over and over again. Read on. The Lord raiseth them that are bowed down. Oh, like that woman with an infirmity that lived a long time and it just bowed her down. Just bowed her down. She just, you know, gravity is taking its toll on us, isn't it? Everything is, is sagging. Everything is bowing. Isn't it? Our bodies are drooping and, and sin brings us down, doesn't it? Just brings us down and down. Oh, but the Lord raiseth up them that are bowed down. We come here and hear the gospel, and He raises us up. He's quickened us together with Christ, and every time we hear the gospel, we feel like we've been quickened all over again. We come in here dragging, 
come in here bowed down by the burden of sin and the world and responsibilities and all that. We hear about who's reigning and who's ruling and, and, and trusting the Lord. We go out of here skipping, leaping over a wall, running through a troop. And it starts all over again. And we come dragging back. So our help comes from Zion, doesn't it? We'll see that in the last verse. He says, the Lord loveth the righteous. He loveth the righteous. Who are the righteous? Or let me ask you this. What is your righteousness? What? Really? Noah, what is it that's going to keep God from killing you with this flood? Shem, Ham, Japheth? The wives, what, what is it? What is your hope of not being destroyed by God who's angry with the wicked every day? What is your hope, Noah? The ark. What is your righteousness? How are you going to get to heaven? You've got to be as holy as God. Christ. 1 Corinthians one thirty. I bet everybody in here can quote that by now. Of God, like that ark, of God, in him, in our in the ark, Christ, who of God is made unto us wisdom, righteousness, sanctification, and redemption. That, according as it is written, he that glorieth, let him glory in the Lord. You're not going to get to heaven by anything you've done. You're not going to miss heaven because of anything you've done. You're going to get there by the righteousness of Jesus Christ. You like that? Happy, happy, happy. <laughs> blessed, blessed, blessed. Blessed blood and righteousness. The Lord, verse 9, preserveth the strangers. <laughs> this is so good. You're going to love this. Look at Exodus 12, real quickly. The Lord preserveth the strangers. Uh, you know, when, I, when the Lord brought this prodigal son back, I went out there as an alien and a stranger and, a, and a, out there, you know, in the highways and the hedges. And the Lord sent and fetched me, compelled me to come in. But when I came back, I didn't feel like I was a part of anybody or anything. But the Lord was bringing me back. I, I felt like a stranger. Well, look at this. Verse, Psalm, uh, Exodus 12, verse 48. Now when the stranger sojourns with thee, when he comes into camp and keeps the Passover, Exodus 12, 48. When he comes into camp and he keeps the Passover, when he hears the gospel of Christ our Passover, and he's circumcised by the circumcision not made with hands, let him come near. Let him do it. He'll be as one born in the land. Verse 49. That's the law to him that's homeborn and to the strangers. I don't feel like I'm part of you. Trust Christ. Yes, I do. Come on in, your family. But I'm the biggest sinner. Join the family. <laughs> That's what Mary said. Thief said to Mary, "I don't deserve to be. Neither do I. Come on, join the, the family." He takes in the strangers. We're all strangers. They took us in, aren't we? Go back to the text. He, he relieveth the fatherless and the widow. 
I had a good father. Some of you didn't. I have a good wife. I hope she thinks she has a good husband. Some of you don't. God is your father. <laughs> uh, hallowed be his name. He's your father. He's your father. He's your father. He'll not let his little child perish. Cannot. 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 Your husband will never divorce you. The Lord Jesus Christ will never leave you or divorce you. You will leave him. He'll come after you. That's the kind of husband you need. You'll be unfaithful to him. He will never be unfaithful to you. You're not the breadwinner. He is. you got a good husband. Yes, he yes, you do. The only one you need. Verse 9, the way of the wicked, he turns upside down. Lord, turn this world upside down, isn't it? Inside out. Looks like men would see it. They don't. They don't. They're blind. All right, let's end with this. The Lord shall reign forever. Thank God. Praise His name. Even thy God, O Zion. Is this your God? Is this your God that we've been reading about? Is this your God now? You know, Buddhist, Buddhist gods are animals and cows and stuff. You know? The Hindus. The Hindus' gods are animals and cows and stuff. The Buddhist gods, a big chubby fella, he's dead. His bones are over there somewhere. The, the Muslim's god is a monster. He doesn't love anybody. He hates everybody. He's going to kill everybody but a good Muslim. The Catholics' gods are men, saints, dead saints, a, a, a woman, a sinner just like us. A, a, a pope, a, an antichrist, that's their gods. Our God is God. Jehovah is God. God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. This God, thy God, reigns forever. He's thy God. Is this your God? I've got good news for you. That'll make you happy. He's reigning. How long? This government, there's no end. Christ. So what should that make us do? Praise you, Lord. Hallelujah. Well, we could sing that song a minute, couldn't we? You're dismissed.